You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the August 27th Sunday reading of the Estes Park News. I'm Kathy Piancone. Today we'll be reading the following main articles. Should Estes Park's 1% sales tax be renewed? By Travis Michalik. Relaxing One Day, Working the Next, by Mayor Wendy Koenig. New Skate Park Funding Approved. Get Ready to Vote, from the League of Women Voters, and following up with miscellaneous articles. Should Estes Park's 1% sales tax be renewed, by Travis Michalik, Town of Estes Park Administrator. Part 2. How renewing the 1% sales tax could address community priorities for another decade. The 1% sales tax, 1A, approved by voters in 2014, will expire in June 2024. In my last article, I reviewed the tremendous difference the 1A sales tax ballot measure has made in our community. The condition of our roads is better. We have new trails and a new community center, and our emergency communication radios are up to date. That said, there's still work to be done. During the 2023 strategic planning process, the town board asked staff to reevaluate community needs as we approach the end of the 1A sales tax. We used your feedback from the biennial community survey, the comprehensive plan, and the 2019 stormwater management plan process to develop a preliminary renewal package for further consideration. We now want to ask for your thoughts. Should the 1% sales tax be renewed? And if so, what should it fund? The preliminary proposed renewal package would divide the revenue among several priority projects the community has said it wants the town to pursue. 46% street maintenance. 28% stormwater infrastructure. 17% trail expansion and maintenance. 9% wildfire mitigation. These proposed allocations consider the funds needed to improve and maintain our streets and trails, reduce the town's flooding risk through projects outlined in the Stormwater Management Plan, and mitigate wildland fire risk in partnership with the Estes Valley Fire Protection District. Why Flood Mitigation and Stormwater Management? Stormwater management is a significant need in Estes Park. Addressing stormwater issues goes well beyond preparing for large events like the 2013 flood. It also includes addressing neighborhood-level drainage issues that occur every time we receive a heavy rain. In the 2019 Stormwater Survey, 70% of the over 900 respondents agreed that the town and county should act to address flooding risk. Stormwater investments are also recommended in the community-driven comprehensive plan. Why would we fund this work with a sales tax? 
In this same stormwater survey, a majority, 71% of respondents, told us sales tax should be used to fund 40 to 100% of the stormwater management program. The first 10 years of work would be funded by the proposed allocation, 28% of the revenue, with the support of grants, 25%, and a continuing general fund contribution, 28%. After 10 years, the community would have an opportunity to reflect on projects completed and determine whether to continue with further implementation of the master plan or to simply operate and maintain the system as it is. Under this funding scenario, the operations and maintenance of the stormwater system would be funded by the general fund and capital costs would be covered by the sales tax allocation and grants. Why Wildfire Mitigation Residents of Estes Park recognize the risk that wildfire poses to our community. While 92% of respondents to the 2021 NCS reported their overall feeling of safety as excellent or good, only 39% of respondents indicated they felt very or somewhat safe from fire, flood, or other natural disaster. This is a much lower score when compared to NCS ratings in other communities across the country. This is no surprise after the Cameron Peak Fire, East Troublesome Fire, and the evacuation of the entire community in 2020. The comprehensive plan has a strong focus on wildfire mitigation. It says the town and county should recognize that wildfire is a growing risk to the community and proactively work to protect the lives, property, and resiliency of the valley. More specifically, the town is asked to adopt a fire mitigation program in partnership with the fire district to encourage individual property owners to reduce fuels on their property and select landscaping choices and building materials for fire resistance. This work and public education about wildfire mitigation is also outlined in the recently completed community-driven Community Wildfire Protection Plan. The proposed 9% contribution would fully fund these activities. Why streets? Street maintenance is important to town residents, as streets are always in a state of perpetual decline due to environmental and traffic influences. In the 2021 Community Survey, 46% of respondents indicated that street maintenance and repairs should increase, and 53% indicated that it should be kept at the current service level. During the comprehensive plan process, the community told us to make transportation infrastructure a significant focus area, including multimodal transportation options, building a resilient transportation system, and identifying strategies and funding sources to invest in transportation infrastructure. Why trails? Trails are a high priority for residents. 
52% of respondents to the 2021 NCS want the town to keep the current service level for trail system expansion, and 42% want it to be increased. Support for trail repair and maintenance is also high, with 77% indicating that services should be kept at current levels and 22% indicating that service levels should increase. Investing in multimodal transportation, including the maintenance and expansion of a safe, comprehensive network to support walking and bicycling as viable modes of transportation, are focus areas in the community-led comprehensive plan. It recommends identifying strategies and funding sources to invest in transportation infrastructure, encouraging the town to develop additional local sources of funding for trails and bikeways, such as special assessment districts, nonprofit corporations, and ballot initiatives. What do you think? Did we get it right? Our community benefits from the informed opinions of residents. The information I share here comes from many forms of resident feedback. Did we get it right? Please let us hear from you before bringing this proposed renewal package to the town board in early October for discussion. Take a moment to reflect on the value delivered through the 1A sales tax and consider the proposed 1% renewal components I shared here. Your opinion matters to the town board as it considers if the town should ask voters for a 1% sales tax renewal measure on the April 2024 municipal election ballot. Do you want to see the 1% sales tax continue? If so, does the proposed list of projects make sense to you? Would you like to be further involved in these discussions? Visit estes.org slash numeral one percent renewal to read my last article and email us at numeral one percent renewal at estes.org with your thoughts. Please join us at an upcoming presentation to learn more and provide feedback. Meetings will take place August 31st at 10 a.m. and September 6th at 5 p.m. in the Town Board Room of Town Hall, 170 McGregor Avenue. The August 31st presentation will be live-streamed and recorded via estes.org slash videos. Relaxing One Day, Working the Next by Mayor Wendy Koenig Recently, I was away from Estes Park for a much-needed vacation. Roger and I went off-grid at the 1.86 million-acre Rio Grande Reservoir National Forest near Creed, Colorado. There, with neither cell phone coverage nor access to the Internet, we spent time hiking, fishing, chatting with each other, and relaxing among the fresh air and sunshine. A few days later, as we were driving home, the moment we entered cell service again, things began to happen. First, my phone pinged, signaling that a photo had arrived. Upon seeing it, I was quite pleased to see Daxton, my five-year-old grandson, at school, lining up with a newfound friend on the first day of kindergarten. 
As a joyful smile crossed my face, a tear came to my eye, and my mind began wandering. Is Daxon school age already? How did the years pass so fast? Must school really start in August? I've always preferred the post-Labor Day start date, especially in Estes Park, but no one asked my opinion. Then, as Roger continued driving us north towards Estes Park, I accessed my schedule as mayor via the phone. Yikes, when I get home, I'm going to be busy. First up, I'm going to Bond Park on Thursday evening to watch Brad Fitch perform. It's Brad's last performance of the summer. How had I missed the others? Ah, well, yes, I was busy. Looking further into my calendar, I see that there are three proclamations for the 2023 Long's Peak reunion that I'm to present on Friday. And I'm attending a dedication of the Jim Detterline Memorial Climbing Wall at Performance Peak that evening. Jim was a good friend of mine. It's an honor to be included in the celebration of his dedicated rescue work at Rocky Mountain National Park. Then on Saturday, I'll be at the American Legion to present proclamations honoring legendary climbers Tim Hornbean and Martin Doug Snively to their families. Finally, taking a deep breath, I see that on Tuesday, August 22nd, I'm scheduled to participate in a study session and meeting of the town board. Having seen enough, I turned off the phone. As I did, I suddenly felt very tired. I wasn't sure whether I was tired from all hiking and fishing I'd done or because of the busyness that awaited me in Estes Park, but I knew I needed to sleep. So I asked Roger if he was good to keep driving. The moment he said yes, my eyes fell shut. And my last thought, before nodding off, was how grateful I am being mayor and having so much variety of work that contributes to the betterment of the townspeople of Estes Park. New Skate Park Funding Approved The Estes Valley Recreation and Park District, EVRPD, is pleased to announce that the Board of Directors has approved funding for replacing the old skate park with a new installation. The design process included input from local skateboarders and community members that resulted in a choice of three different skate park configurations. The final design combined elements of the top two. EVRPD Executive Director Tom Caracello commented, We're grateful to the public for giving us feedback over the past few months that allowed us to design a multi-generational, all-wheels skate park, and equally thankful that our Board of Directors is making this a top funding priority as we continue to implement the Stanley Park Master Plan. Cost savings were achieved by utilizing excess material excavated from the roundabout construction nearby. 
the district is currently in the process of developing a request for qualifications and bid process that will allow the selection of a highly qualified contractor who specializes in shotcrete and concrete parks. The completion goal is next summer. EVRPD would like to thank local Boy Scout Archer Chu and the Lawson family for collaborating on the development of the monument sign for this project, and look forward to carrying on the legacy Barry Lawson established by constructing the existing park over two decades ago. Get ready to vote from the League of Women Voters. Am I eligible to vote? How can I check my voter registration? What will be on the ballot? Where and when can I vote? In less than three months, the midterm elections will take place. Election day is November seventh, twenty twenty-three. All registered voters will be deciding many issues, including ballot issues and the Estes Park School District Board of Directors. You are most affected by these local issues. The League of Women Voters of Estes Park will be holding nine voter information and registration drives throughout town until the election. At these events, you can become registered in your state, check or update your voter registration in your state, get info on voting in Colorado and the Estes Valley. Get info on local elections. Voter information and registration events will be held on these dates and locations: Estes Valley Library, five to seven p.m. on Tuesday, August twenty-second; Thursday, September fourteenth; Tuesday, September nineteenth; Tuesday, September twenty-sixth. Estes Park Farmers Market. 8:30 to 10:30 a.m. on Thursday, August 24th, and Thursday, September 21st. Estes Valley Community Center, the Rec. 8 to 10 a.m. a.m. on Thursday, September 7th, Friday, October 6th. Community Resource Fair at the Event Center, 3 to 7 p.m. Wednesday, October 25th. Other events will be added. The League of Women Voters of Estes Park is a nonpartisan organization. www.lwvestespark.org. We support the right of all eligible citizens to vote in any political party or if unaffiliated. The league never endorses or opposes political parties or candidates. All league voter registration volunteers are fully trained and licensed by the state of Colorado. Contact Voter Service at lwv-estespark.org for more information. Estes Park Archives fundraiser for Kula Community on East Maui. 
fundraising efforts providing direct financial assistance to Kula Maui residents who lost their homes in the recent Hawaii wildfires are underway, kicked off last Monday by generous contributions from local resident Sybil Barnes and a vacationing retired couple from Texas who wished to remain anonymous. The Estes Park Archives is spearheading collection efforts and will match one-to-one all contributions up to the first $1,000 donated. Other philanthropic and charitable clubs and organizations in Estes Park are encouraged to get behind this effort or any of the other state and national programs set up to funnel money and assistance directly to impacted Maui and Big Island residents. Kula, Maui, is a tourist community in the upcountry of East Maui, with approximately the same permanent year-round population as Estes Park, now faced with similar structural losses as those remaining after our 2012 Woodland Heights fire. Kula residents are receiving far less assistance and international media attention than those who lost their homes or businesses in the historic seaport town of Lahaina. The Isabella Bird Sesequentennial Travel Group had planned to visit Lahaina as part of next month's three-state celebration. The famous downtown Lahaina banyan tree was planted the same year as Miss Bird's visit but has modified the itinerary to respect the ongoing, intense recovery efforts and will instead include a short Haleakala crater hike followed by a stop at the Kula Lodge, where unhoused Kula residents will be presented with contributions collected in Estes Park up to September 10th. Stop by 240 Moraine Avenue any day, between Archive's 9 to 5 operating hours and sign the giant gold and silver sympathy card. Each signature added requires a $1.50 contribution, the amount representing the 150th anniversary of Isabella Bird visiting the Sandwich Islands and Territorial Colorado to the Kula Relief Fund, 100% of which will pass directly into the hands of impacted Kula residents. Call 586-4889 for directions or additional questions. Do you have two or three hours to have some fun with great people while helping others? Well, the Elizabeth Guild Thrift Store is the answer. We need your individual talents and interests. If you know about jewelry, clothing, shoes, china, sporting goods, electronics, music, books, artwork, or collectibles, we need your expertise with items we receive daily. If your joy and knowledge is one of these areas, please stop by and let Joe Payne, manager, discuss what we need as a volunteer. The Elizabeth Guild is located at 427 West Elkhorn Avenue, phone number 970-586-7205, Tuesday through Saturday hours, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Donations accepted Tuesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m.
The Thunker by Sarah Donahoe A woman in her mid-sixties, her long, curly hair pulled up in a messy knot, her cheeks rosy from gardening, steps outside, finds her favorite lawn chair, and sets it up on her porch. She goes back inside, takes her concertina out of its case, carries it outside, sits in that lawn chair, closes her eyes, and starts playing the hauntingly beautiful Ashokan Farewell. You might recognize the tune from the PBS miniseries The Civil War. Although it sounds old, Jay Unger wrote it in 1982. It's one of my all-time favorite pieces of music. After a bit, the woman with her squeeze box is joined by her husband, with his gray goatee and gentle creases spreading from the corner of his sparkly eyes. He suggests they play Boys of Blue Hill. He taps his toe to set the beat, starts strumming his banjo, and off the two of them go, entertaining themselves with the jaunty hornpipe. From down the road a bit... A couple walking their dog hears the music. They look at each other and smile big. As soon as they get the dog back home, they grab their instruments and walk back toward the music. They can't wait to join their friends on this designated day. Play music on the porch day. It's coming tomorrow, in fact, Saturday, August 26th. I plan to be on my friend's porch playing along on my penny whistle and maybe dancing my limberjack, while Joe keeps us all on the same beat with his guitar and vocals. A limberjack is a foot-high wooden man with a long stick attached to his back. When I tap on his wooden dance platform with one hand and hold him by his stick over the platform, his hinged arms swing and swirl while his legs dance and tap to the rhythm of the song. He is a mesmerizing percussion doll, first patented in the 1860s. We'll play a little, talk a little, play some more, goof up, play better, laugh, play, talk, Play and play again. Play. There's a reason we call making music playing. The word play means we do something for enjoyment and recreation, whether it's being involved in a game or producing music. When we partake in music that's melancholy, it's still playing, just not in the jolly sense because it touches us deep in the core of our being, where we engage, where we truly feel. From Neuroscience News, a key reason we enjoy sad songs is because they profoundly move us. This experience is sometimes called kamamuta, a Sanskrit term meaning moved by love. The first play music on the porch day took place in 2014 and was based on this simple idea. What if, for one day, everything stopped and we all just listened to music? Four years and thousands of musicians from at least 70 countries and thousands of communities found common ground by playing music on their porches. Since then, Play Music on the Porch Day has grown. 
It's a worldwide event, so check out the website playmusicontheporchday.com. You can watch videos of all sorts of people across the globe playing a variety of instruments. The collection of videos includes an individual strumming a ukulele and singing, people playing a variety of odd-looking instruments I've never seen nor heard before, a flute and oboe duet, rock, jazz, Dixieland, and bluegrass bands, a woman playing spoons, and on one porch, I counted 14 people, young and old, singing Bog Down in the Valio, an old Irish drinking song. Once I started watching, I couldn't stop. These clips showing musicians playing from their souls lit up my heart. Just as when I play music, when I listened, politics evaporated, grouchy weather seemed to calm, money woes disappeared. Every one of those musicians and I were speaking the same language. That's what music does. And that's why I want to play music on Saturday. We won't have rehearse, and we certainly won't be performing. We'll just be a-pickin' and a-grinnin' and having a good old time. Maybe others will show up with their instruments to join us. That would be fun. Perhaps other neighbors will drop by to listen. Or... Maybe nobody will pay us any mind, and that's okay, too. I just want to play. Note, to celebrate Play Music on the Porch Day in Estes Park, a night of hand-pan music will happen in YMCA's Hempel Auditorium. There is a cost for tickets. You may let the thunker know what you think at her email address, d-o-n-o-h-o-l-d-t at gmail.com. Colorado Department of Education releases testing data. According to state and federal laws, Estes Park District R3 and all other districts in Colorado must administer the Colorado Measures of Academic Success CMAS, and PSAT, SAT, to students at the end of each school year to measure their progress. Data from the tests comprise Colorado's Common Measure of Students' Achievement against the Colorado Academic Standards in English, Language Arts, Math, and Science. On August 17th, the Colorado Department of Education released results from tests to all school districts throughout the state. The data, as does Park District R3 received, was for tests administered during April 2023. At that time, students in grades 3 through 8 took the CMAS for English Language Arts, ELA, and Math. Students in grades 5 8, and 11 took the CMAS Science Assessment. Students in grades 9 and 10 took the PSAT, and grade 11 students took the SAT for Evidence-Based Reading and Writing, EBRW, and Math. Superintendent Ruby Bode reports, The district leaders, teachers, and I use data from the state tests, along with district and classroom assessments to inform the short- and long-term planning we do for the district and its schools. 
The data also informs decisions about instructional practice, curriculum, placement, professional development of teachers, and more. A complete data set for Estes Park District R3 is available at cde.state.co.us slash district hyphen school hyphen dashboard. Briefly, an overview of data from the most recent state test indicates minor year-over-year changes for the district, a finding that's consistent with the year-over-year data for a 14-year period. A few specific data points follow. For the district, the rate of student participation in the 2023 assessments was between 80.5 and 97.6%, depending on the grade level. A participation rate higher than average for the state for 55% of the grade levels who took the assessment, and an improvement from 75.9 to 93.9% rate for 2022. Note, Colorado law allows parents to excuse their children from taking the state-required tests. For the English language arts portion of the CMAS, 37.4% of students in grades 3 through 8 who took the assessment met or exceeded state expectations. This represents an increase of 2.1% from the previous year. For the math portion of the CMAS assessment, 24.6% of students in grades 3 through 8 who took the assessment met or exceeded state expectations. This represents a decrease of half a percent from the previous year. For the English language arts portion of the PSAT and the SAT, 64.1% of students in grades 9 and 11 who took the assessment met or exceeded state expectations. This represents a decrease of 1.4% from the previous year. For the math portion of PSAT and SAT assessments, 34.5% of students in grades 9 at through 11 who took the assessment met or exceeded state expectations. This represents an increase of 4.5% from the previous year. Every parent with a student attending school in the district will soon receive a letter from the principal of their student's school. It will provide specific information about school-level performance. Further, parents and students will receive individual performance reports. This information can be useful in gauging college and career readiness. Superintendent Ruby Bode says, in my heart of hearts, I know there's room for improved performance on the state tests. To that end, teachers, staff, and I are working feverishly to ensure all students have the best possible environment in which to learn, develop, and achieve. Last May, the Board of Education adopted a five-year strategic plan, estesschools.org slash our hyphen district slash strategic hyphen plan that identifies challenges facing the district, sets forth ways to meet the challenges, and establishes goals for the district to attain. Superintendent Ruby Bode says, 
I'm grateful the board members are keenly involved in efforts to improve the district's overall performance. Their leadership is making a difference, as is the involvement of parents, teachers, and community members. Together, we make things better for the students of Estes Park. Estes Park woman raising money to bring son and mother here from Ukraine. Olga Dudnik came to Estes Park from Ukraine by way of Italy in late 2022. Her hometown is Novankinglesk. Olga's son David, age 14, is currently living with her mother Lydia, age 70. Olga is trying to get both her son and her mother to safety here in Estes Park. The paperwork has been submitted. And now Olga needs to get the funds raised to get them here and support them once they are. Olga is a professional baker, working as a sandwich master at Rocky Mountain Deli. She also bakes goodies for Raven's Roast Coffee Lounge. Please support Olga by purchasing her baked goods from both the deli and Raven's Roast. Of course, continue to stop by Rocky Mountain Deli to get your pastries, pierogies, and deli sandwiches. Don't forget to come to the deli on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. for the weekly fundraiser benefiting Ukraine. Traditional Ukrainian cuisine is served. There is no set price; it's all donations. Local student Naomi McDonald to live in Ecuador. Local high school student Naomi McDonald is headed to Ecuador at the end of this month with Cowboy Country Rotary Youth Exchange and sponsored by the Estes Valley Sunrise Rotary Club. She'll spend her entire 2023-24 school year in Puerto Viejo, Ecuador, as a senior. I was drawn to a smaller country and the hospitable culture of Ecuador. Not to mention that Rotary has a very strong presence across the country," said Naomi. Puerto Viejo, founded in 1535, is one of the oldest cities in Ecuador and is the sixth largest of the country. It's known for its coffee cultivation, cattle, fishing. And has a thriving agricultural processing industry as well as a flourishing gastronomic sector. Puerto Viejo is known for its rich history and culture in rock and roll. Naomi had her choice of countries through the Rotary Youth Exchange program, but she chose Ecuador because it's a smaller country. And after studying some Spanish in high school, she is eager to become fluent in Spanish. During her youth exchange, Naomi will live with three different families in Puerto Viejo throughout the year. I'm more comfortable sending my daughter to a country where I know she's backed by Sunrise Rotary, Rotary International, and a strong Rotary presence in and around Puerto Viejo," said Tamlin McDonald, Naomi's father. Naomi is the first outbound youth exchange in Estes Park in many years, and Sunrise Rotary is thrilled to be her sponsor. Have you ever thought about being part of youth exchange? 
Cowboy Country Rotary Youth Exchange is pleased to announce the application process for students wishing to go outbound on the exchange in the 2024-25 school year has just opened through September 30, 2023. Students in the Estes Park area who are interested in learning more about long-term exchange can view several general information links on the main youth exchange page found at rotary5440.org. The first step in being a youth exchange student is to be selected by a Rotary Club. Estes Park has two Rotary Clubs, the Estes Valley Sunrise Rotary Club and the Rotary Club of Estes Park. The general requirements are that you must be from 15 to 19 years of age. The details for each country in the program can be found in that country's preference sheet. Contact Rotary Youth Exchange Officer Stacy Windsor. S-T-A-C-E-Y-W-I-N-S-O-R at pm.me before September 30th to learn more about this amazing life opportunity. Check out vimeo.com 4850530309 and hear from those who have experienced the program. Colorado Parks and Wildlife reminds people to remain bear-aware this fall as bears begin to pack on pounds for winter. Black bears in Colorado are entering hyperphagia and will spend up to 20 hours a day trying to search out and eat as much food as possible as they fatten up for winter. In the coming months, it's critical that people are vigilant and proactive in removing all attractants from outside homes and campsites in order to prevent conflicts and encounters with black bears. 20 chicken sandwiches, 10 large orders of fries, 10 soft drinks, and 10 milkshakes is the approximate fast food order needed to total 20,000 calories. That is how many calories hyperphagia an increase in feeding activity driven by biological need, drives a hungry black bear to consume every single day as they pack on the pounds to build up their fat reserves to survive the winter. Over half of bear incidents reports in 2022 occurred in the months of August, September, and October. As bears began this annual quest to prepare for winter and hunt for food, Coloradans may see more bear activity in urban areas. Reported conflicts with bears most commonly result from attractants such as trash, birdseed, pet food, and barbecue grills. When bears become too comfortable around people, they can destroy property or even become a threat to human safety. Research shows that bears prefer natural sources of food, but they will seek out sources of human-provided food if it's available, which can become dangerous to humans, said Colorado Parks and Wildlife Northwest Region Senior Wildlife Biologist Brad Benulis. 
Preventing bears from relying on human food sources takes a community effort, and it's important that we all take proactive steps to limit human food sources in order to avoid any possible conflicts with bears and bear-proof our homes. A black bear's natural diet consists of berries, fruits, nuts, plants, and grasses that grow naturally in the foothills and forests. When natural sources of food become scarce, a bear's drive to search for food can overcome its fear of humans. Significant portions of Colorado experienced abundant rainfall throughout the spring and summer, leading to ample natural food production for bears in the form of acorns, berries, and other forage. Despite this, bears will still be more active in the coming months as they search for much-needed calories to survive the winter, pushing some to venture towards homes and campsites. Become bear aware. Colorado Parks and Wildlife offers a reminder that by taking some simple precautions, you can avoid human-wildlife conflicts and help to keep bears wild. Colorado Parks and Wildlife offers printable resources on our website and encourages you to share these materials and talk to your neighbors about being bear aware. Bear proofing your home. Keep garbage in a well-secured location. Only put out garbage on the morning of pickup. Clean garbage cans regularly to keep them free of food orders. Ammonia is effective. Keep garage doors closed. Do not leave pet food or stock feed outside. Use a bear-resistant trash can or dumpster. Bird feeders are a major source of human-bear conflicts. Attract birds naturally with flowers and water baths. Do not hang bird feeders from April 15th to November 15th. Don't allow bears to become comfortable around your house. If you see one, haze it by yelling at it, throwing things at it, and making loud noises to scare it off. Secure compost piles. Bears are attracted to the scent of rotting food. Clean the grill after each use, and clean up thoroughly after cookouts. If you have fruit trees, don't allow the fruit to rot on the ground. Talk to your neighbors and kids about being bear aware. Cars, traveling, and campsites. Lock your doors when you're away from home and at night. Keep the bottom floor windows of your house closed when you're not at home. Do not keep food in your vehicle. Roll up windows and lock the doors of your vehicles. When car camping, secure all food and coolers in a locked vehicle. Keep a clean camp, whether you're in a campground or in the backcountry. When camping in the backcountry, hang food 100 feet or more from the campsite. Don't bring any food into your tent. Cook food well away from your tent. Wash dishes thoroughly. Protecting your chickens, bees, and livestock. 
Keep chickens, bees, and livestock in a fully covered enclosure, especially at night. Construct electric fencing when possible. Don't store livestock feed outside. Keep enclosures clean to minimize animal odors. Hang rags soaked in ammonia and or pine saw around the enclosure as a scent deterrent. Colorado Parks and Wildlife asks all residents and visitors to help save Colorado's bears by being actively bear aware throughout late summer and fall seasons. Bear conflicts and, unfortunately, bear euthanization is most often traced back to human behavior. It is all of our responsibility to help minimize risks to humans and bears alike by being mindful of our impacts. For more information on bears in Colorado, visit cpw.state.co.us slash bears. If you have questions or need to report bear problems, contact your nearest Colorado Parks and Wildlife office. Obituaries Robert Danner Burnham The family of Robert Danner Burnham, Estes Park, Colorado, sadly announces his passing away very peacefully on June 29, 2023, at Pathways Hospice Care, Fort Collins, Colorado. He was born on March 21, 1944, in Havre de Grace, Maryland with his twin brother at a military base during World War II. Robert is survived by his wife, Loretta Ann Burnham of Estes Park, Colorado, his son, Benjamin Burnham of Mount Prospect, Illinois, his daughter, Kimberly Burnham of Minneapolis, Minnesota, his daughter, Jennifer Goldfarb of Evanston, Illinois, his twin brother, George Burnham of Fort Collins, Colorado, his brother, Douglas Burnham, of Stoke-on-Trent, United Kingdom. His former wife, Kyung Soon Kim Burnham, of Wheaton, Illinois. His grandchildren, Maris, Matea, and Elodie Goldfarb, and Nathaniel and Savannah Burnham. He's also survived by many nieces, nephews, and cousins. Robert was predeceased by his parents, Hugh and Margaret Burnham, his two sisters, Mary Jane Nibel and Joyce Malish, and his stepmother, Donna Burnham. He and his siblings were raised in Edwardsville, Illinois. Robert is sorely missed by his family and friends. He was a quiet, happy, creative, uncomplaining, easygoing man. A private celebration of his life will be held by his immediate family in October. If you'd like to make a contribution in Robert's memory, the family would like to suggest the Rocky Mountain Conservancy. Their website is rmconservancy.org, or a check or money order may be mailed to the Conservancy at P.O. Box 3100, Estes Park, Colorado, 80517, and note to them that it's in memory of Robert Burnham. Marilyn LaMarche. It is with great sadness that the family of Marilyn Patrice LaMarche, formerly Cubita, 
announced her peaceful passing on July 10, 2023, in Boulder, Colorado, after a lingering illness. She was 76. Marilyn was born on June 10, 1947, in Hillsdale, Illinois, to Theodora Ted Cubita and Casimira Casey Nay Welsliak Cubita. Marilyn will be dearly missed and always remembered. Marilyn was preceded in death by Boyd, her husband of 32 years, Rachel, her firstborn daughter, her sister, Patrice Flanagan, and her parents, Ted and Casey Cubita. She is survived by her daughter, Carolyn LaMarche Thompson, her husband, Eric, their children, Alana Bryn and Marshall Aaron, and her many loving friends and cousins. We invite all of Marilyn's family, friends, and students to join us in a celebration of life on October 7, 2023, from 2 to 3.30 p.m. at the Old Gallery in Allen's Park, located at 146-863-C07, Allen's Park, Colorado, 80510. Esther Fisher Former Estes Park resident Esther May Fisher passed away peacefully Monday, August 22nd at her home in Legend of Broomfield at the age of 102. Born in Evansville, Indiana to Leroy and Hester Becker. She will be greatly missed by her son Jim Fisher, daughter Jana Ruhlman, granddaughters Wendy Stukesbury and Candace Martinez, great-grandsons Felix and Griffin Stukesbury and Brandon Martinez, sister-in-law Shirley Beckermana, and niece Karen Kennedy. She was predeceased by her husband, Prentice, in 2014, and brother Wayne in 2003. Charles Laughlin Kerr professional engineer, retired. Born February 8, 1932, in Ogdensburg, New York, to Leslie W. and Harriet Laughlin, nay Davis, Kerr. He was preceded in death by his parents, brother Leslie, and his beloved wife, Beverly. He is survived by his sons, William of Arlington, Texas, Ward of Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, Matthew of Loveland, Colorado, and his daughters Jan Bigger of Salem, Virginia, Molly Kerr of Estes Park, Colorado, Susie of San Antonio, Texas, his grandchildren Charles, Jeremy, Christopher, Cheney, Grant Jr., Chris, Stacy, Jude, Bryce, Ellie, Hannah, and Adam and his great-grandchildren Alicia, Nathan, Mabry, Sophia, Luke, James, Stella, and Phoebe. A memorial service for Charles was held on Monday, August 21st, at the Pinewood Springs Church in Lyons, Colorado, followed by internment at the Estes Valley Memorial Gardens. In lieu of flowers, please send donations in Charles's name, to All Nut Funeral Service, 1302 Graves Avenue, Estes Park, Colorado, 80517, 
which will go to the Rocky Mountain National Park Conservancy for trail improvements. Thank you for joining us for the Estes Park News. I'm Kathy Piancone.